Do you wish you could get virtual attendees to turn their cameras on? Is engagement the number one issue on your virtual meetings? Do you want your meeting to be the most engaging virtual meeting? Well, welcome to the Engaging Virtual Meetings podcast. In this podcast, we'll talk to the top people around the world in virtual meetings and give you, the listener, the best ideas to host engaging virtual meetings. Make sure that you click subscribe so you can get the latest episode of the Engaging Virtual Meetings podcast. Now, let's welcome your host, the author of the number one Amazon hot new release, Engaging Virtual Meetings, John Chen. Hey, I'm John Chen. I am the author of Engaging Virtual Meetings, and uh, you're here on the Engaging Virtual Interview Series. Today, we've got some international flavor. Uh, this person reached out to me and uh, got a really chance to look at a very unique design for engaging. You know, I think that now we have to look for uh, things beyond just the normal meeting. And of course, you know me, I'm a team builder, so I'm always looking for the experiential pieces. So I'm excited to bring our guest on today. Let's see, our, our guest, uh, let's bring on from Sweden, let's bring on Nada El Kitim. Here we go. <laughs> All right, Nada, how are you doing? Hello, John. Uh, how are you? All good here. Thank you. All good here. Now, wait, I, if you don't mind, uh, we can do a little Vax talk. Uh, I heard that you just got a first shot. Is that correct? Yes, Moderna it was for me today. <laughs> good. Like, oh, that's right. It's 5 p.m. there. So was it like just this afternoon? Yeah, it was uh, 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Okay, well, excellent. Uh, congratulations for joining the ranks, at least here in America now. There's about 75%. Uh, it's only taken 18 months, but <laughs> 75%. So, and, and I'm curious, you know, what's happening in, in Sweden? Is, a, is vaccination looked upon as a favorable thing, or is it people um, trying to make their own choices? What's happening in Sweden? I think it's definitely favorable. Uh, but there's not so much pressure to get vaccinated if you don't want to, but it's absolutely recommended. Well, excellent. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to my good friend, Martin Clover, uh, my, my other good friend from Sweden, uh, who used to come to the States all the time, and he hasn't been here in 18 months. <laughs> all right. Well, great. So, Sonata, let's do this. Uh, thank you again for reaching out to me, and I get a chance to meet you. This is the cool part about virtual. This is a little bit easier. It doesn't cost as much jet fuel and everything else. Um, you reached out to me. Tell um, For my friends who don't know you, tell me, uh, tell them who you are and what do you do? So uh, I'm a designer uh, and I've uh, designed a game which I call Swedefine. It's a bluffing game that uh, introduces you uh, to Sweden in a bit of a peculiar way through some uh, unusual fun facts, I'd say. And what drove you or what inspired you to create this game? Um, I know that you also have experiences as an architect. Was there somewhere around design or was there a need or something like that uh, that, that helped this game get formed? I think as a person, I just love games in general. I love hosting game nights for my friends and going to like game nights at other people. And uh, I also love traveling and getting to know like a little bit uh, about a culture mm. uh, through some sort of experience in a city. And uh, this is just my way of trying to bring all this together in a game. 
Well, good. Well, I love games. I love travel, too. I used to travel like 150 days. I was just reflecting, like, uh, I have not been on a flight for 18 months. So sometimes now I feel like the way I, I need to travel is, is virtually is to meet other people from around the world. Now, let's go back to, to game night. Um, what, what are, you know, like I love music, right? Music is like you have your inspirations. I think games are the same way too. What are some of your favorite games, whether we might know them or not know them? What are some of your favorite games that you love to play during a game night? Hmm. Well, I'll share the game that inspired this game. It's called Boulder Dash. Hmm. And uh, I love it because it gives everyone a chance to be creative. And it's definitely a good like icebreaker game with people that don't know each other so well but works really well also with like friends or family. Well, I'm gonna give a shout out to my good and ex-Microsoft friend, Richard Tate, who created the game Cranium. Have you ever played Cranium? I think I've heard of it. Uh, can you remind me? Yeah, it's basically, it's four games mashed in one, right? It's, uh, it's Trivia Pursuit, Pictionary, uh, like there's a word game, and then there, there's- Yes, a, I have you know the, I mean? one, the one with the wheel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, Really fun, really nice. So, the, you know, what was great about that is that he made that game, He because he was frustrated, he was going to the Oregon coast and they would play Trivia Pursuit and one person would always win, right? <laughs> and you play Pictionary, now a second person would always win and he just found it so frustrating and too predictable. So he said, I wanted to create a game that like, you know, used all the different skills inside of that. And so I love that you're thinking about inclusive design inside your game. Um, yeah. So now, now, and of course, you've taken this game online. You're also available on Airbnb. I love to hear about that. I have not hosted anything on Airbnb experiences. Um, tell me your distinctions about uh, hosting a game online as opposed to in person. And uh, I would love to hear a little more about what's it like working on uh, Airbnb. Well, I think uh, Airbnb is very unique in the fact that it tries to bring like amateur in a way uh, people or someone who has like a, a certain passion or love for something yeah. and share that with the world mm. and I think that's what makes like and it makes it's really accessible as a platform to like uh, uh, host through it uh, so you get some really original experiences on there um, but I think, I mean, of course, it's a little bit different hosting uh, online to offline uh, in the sense uh, that offline, I think it works uh, really well with like bringing people who've never met each other before together quite yeah. quickly. Whereas offline, you might uh, online, you might need a little bit extra time to get the group to really get to know each other. Hmm. Well, it's uh, funny, um, one of my friends actually introduced me to Airbnb experiences and he, he bought for his company something called Drag Taste. Have you, have you heard of Drag Taste? No. <laughs> What's that? It's apparently eight drag queens in Portugal banded together, built a, uh, their own pod, and then they produce a show where they, um, like they make sangria, right? And they ah, do yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It seems really cool. They've they turned into one of the top Airbnb Airbnb experiences, and I don't think they. I think it's the Airbnb is the only marketing they're using, but they're like at the top of it. Uh, yeah, so. that's amazing. Well, well, let's look at this. Um, you know that. So now that you've hosted a good number of meetings, um, what has to happen for you for a virtual meeting to be engaging? For me, I think uh, everyone has to participate is a big one for me. 
uh, and engage. And to see everyone laughing at the same time is always really fun to see like uh, and people responding to each other. What, what are some of those uh, like in, in I know that you're facilitating the meetings. What's one of the ways uh, that you've seen where somebody uh, wasn't talking or didn't have their camera on and later by the end of the game, they're, they're sometimes they're the most active people. Have you ever had that happen? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think some people, yeah, it takes them a moment to warm up to the like virtual environment, I guess. Is there anything you do to help them warm up, right? Is that, have, did you like make any suggestions to them or, did, you know, like uh, find a way to make it inviting for them? Yeah, I think I, I like calling also people out on name if I feel like they're uh, not engaging. It's a bit classic, I guess. Yes. Uh, you learn it all the way from school, that technique, I guess. Um, yeah, and uh, that's it, I think. Good. And, and what's something that makes people laugh in your game? Like, do you have like a certain like stage of the game that's pretty guaranteed that everyone's going to laugh? I think uh, with uh, with my game, I think it's mainly uh, other people making each other laugh because it's like all about uh, coming up with like a creative answer to like trick the other players. Oh, that's right. So, yeah, in Balderdash, right, I think some of the, the part is that um, everybody else makes up another answer, right? So that's the funny part is, like, people are exactly. trying to make the wrong answers. And even if they don't get selected, a lot of times in making up those wrong answers is where a lot of the humor is. Exactly. Yeah, so, so it's the same concept. Yeah, let's take a peek. <clears throat> let's take a peek at your game, Nada. Awesome. All right. Now, I think this is unique too, right? I love the, the graphics in here. Uh, you made the game in InDesign. Did it, is that right? Yeah, I think uh, that comes from my background as an architect. It's the software I know how to use well. So mm -hmm. I just went for it. Perfect. Like, yeah, to go ahead and take us a little walkthrough through like a question or two. All right. So uh, this is Stockholm, uh, in case someone doesn't recognize it. And I'll just share uh, a few questions. Okay. Uh, so here's the first question. So uh, in the 80s, uh, the Swedish Navy had detected underwater sounds that were uh, suspected to be Rus Russian submarines. At this time, it was very tense between Sweden and Russia. And that escalated to a conflict where Sweden uh, sent a letter to Russia demanding that they remove their submarines. And later, it turned out that these sounds were coming from. Is it fish farts or whales mating or an underwater volcano? That's uh, true. <laughs> I'm going to pick underwater volcano because I just don't know how many underwater volcanoes you have in Sweden. <laughs> All right. So uh, it's actually fish farts. And it comes specifically from the herring, uh, which is very common in the Baltic Sea and fart really loudly. Fish farts? Okay, wait, wait, not I, ha I have this for you. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really? Fish? They have that many? It was audible? Yeah, they travel in schools of thousands, and together that makes enough noise to be detected by the sensors. So it's like a, a fish fart symphony. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and so uh, so the, uh, in the gameplay with this, right, there's, this was a question, I had three answers, and then if I get it right, I like either move forward or something like that? Yeah, so uh, you don't get to move now, but yeah, supposedly you, you move along, and it's like, 
and you can play it individually or as teams, depending on like the group size. I set it up differently. So in this case, there are quote unquote four teams, right? Like black and um, yeah. red, pink, and orange, right? Exactly. Excellent. And then, are there some other types of questions? That's a fact. Is there, is there some other type of gameplay or other types of things in here? Yeah, when you land on like uh, one of uh, these points, it's a yeah. trivia marker, and then I ask you a trivia question. Okay. Uh, so in the first one, like this, I start out with multiple choice to get people to have a sense for the game. Good. Uh, but already two or three questions in, it switches up to uh, the players. Like I'll send one player the correct answer, and the others make up an answer, and it works exactly like Valdelage almost and that you have to make up the other options. Great, so like, uh, give me an example. Is, it, is that one of these trivia questions here in the bottom left? Yeah. So uh, which prestigious world famous event takes place annually at Stockholm Concert Hall on December 10th? So then I would have to, everyone else has to make up answers, right? No, so this is the trivia question. So this is just oh. like to get you ahead in the game and you have to guess the right answer. Okay. The fantastic facts. These are the ones you get to make up answers to. Oh, got it. Got it. Because I was going to make up the answer Lollapalooza at the start. <laughs> <laughs> which would obviously be wrong, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, which, which, uh, what, has, what is the world famous event? Uh, can you guess? <laughs> uh, at Stockholm Concert Hall? Yeah, December 10th. De oh, December 10th? Uh, so it must be holiday based? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you better tell me because I, 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 like I said, my Swedish knowledge is. All which, right, it's the Nobel Prize Award oh, ceremony. Very cool. Is it, it's always done here? Yeah, and it's the date of the anniversary of Alfred Nobel's death. Oh, see? Okay, that's good. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> see, wait, wait, I, I have another one for that. You ready? Nice. <laughs> yeah, the Nobel Prize. Very cool. So then what happens then again is it's the end, the end of the game. It's just who gets to, you know, uh, the last piece for uh, there, although it's called what, Niet Car uh, Carnegie? Yeah, yeah. that's a uh, brewery. So all the stops uh, featured on this uh, map are like some of my favorite spots in the city. And oh, nice you get picture. to like see and uh, a little bit of the places. Uh, oh wait, what's that? So this is uh, Fotografiska, which is the photography museum here in Sweden. Uh, and they have like temporary exhibits. They change up a lot. And Very then you cool. have like, yeah, my favorite bar. <laughs> here what's it called? Sweden. It's called Omnipolis. And it has, uh, it's like a brewery in itself as well. And it has fabulous pizza as well as some really original beers. Original beers. Uh, yeah. It looks kind of like a witch hat, right? It looks yeah. kind of Harry Potter. <laughs> it has that vibe also when you go. <laughs> what, what's your favorite beer? Uh, my favorite beer there or in Stockholm in general? Uh, there. There. It's this uh, slushy pink beer that they uh, put in like, a, and it's like a sour beer. It's Ooh. super nice. Sour beers are making a big uh, surgence here in America, right? But drinking is making a big surgence here in America in the pandemic. <laughs> the, 
30 40% yeah. more alcohol drink. But uh, yeah. no, sours. I really like that that sours is is making a um, making an insurgence here in America. Um, so yeah, where where are you going to go with this game? In other words, can this game be customized if somebody else wanted to not be in Sweden, they wanted to be somewhere else, could you customize this game or rebuild it for another location? Yeah, so there is actually plans for that. Now I'm I'm planning to make an Egypt version because I'm half Egyptian, so I'm uh, planning to do that version as well. Yeah, last time I think we talked that that you were actually in Egypt. You just flew back recently, right? Exactly, I flew back a few days ago. And uh, do you Mm -hmm. think it'll be focused on history, or do you think it'll be kind of like again this mash of uh, like Nada's favorite coolest stuff? Yeah, I, I think the map I, I will be my favorite stuff, probably. Because uh, I think I, I worked as a tour guide for a while. And then I was always like sharing uh, with people uh, my favorite places, not like the touristic places. And uh, I'd like to keep doing that, like sharing the just the random places I think you should know. Perfect. Yeah, feel free to stop sharing and, and uh, tell me more. What do you love about being a tour guide? Uh, I love meeting new people mm. and uh, getting to know them a little bit and just by like what they're interested in, what kind of uh, questions they're asking, uh, things like this. And it's always fun to host, I think. Yeah, how do, how do you think people should be connecting on virtual now, right? Again, we're about 18 months into pandemic. We're looking for new ways to network, new ways to, to uh, connect with different people and, and meet new people. Uh, what mm-hmm. do you see happening in where either Egypt or Sweden? I think, uh, well, on Airbnb, I've, I noticed hosting there that a lot of uh, the people know each other from other experiences like uh, and they've got like a whatsapp group going on and uh, like it's a whole community where i i see them really like connecting and getting to know each other and then someone like uh, they met physically when the the restrictions eased up a bit in america Uh, most i think people who use airbnb experiences are in the u.s actually i think well, you know what I love that about that too, Nod, is what you're telling me is like Airbnb now has created a community, right? Exactly. So that's a really beautiful thing, I think. And can. and what what do you see some of the best things that either Airbnb or other places are doing to help build a community? I think offering like a platform for meeting is uh, one of just the, even though it sounds really basic, I think it's really important because as you lose out like the, basic human interactions used to have in your day-to-day life it's important to add it adds richness if you want to just get that even post-pandemic like randomly in one evening well perfect speaking of community right we have a new saying here and that's like uh, it's not just a conference it's a community uh, we are hosting a conference on October 19th through uh, 23rd, <clears throat> and it's just go to engagingvirtualmeetings.com slash conference. There's a free ticket there as well as a paid ticket, and we're looking to, when you actually register for that, uh, you will get five days of, of education in October, and the whole key here is that you'll have a membership for a year. We're going to look to see how can we create that group, you know, to stay together or to learn together. You know, that that actually might be a great place here where I, I want to bring Nada in and play this game with a group of people, even if they're not from Sweden, so they learn something about Sweden. 
I have some highly competitive game players there too, right? And so I think that will be great to figure out, you know, who could actually win this game. But that's um, in the community. I want to do that, which is highlight different people who are doing great things in virtual uh, around to see that. So with that, Nada, um, you know, what do you see as the future of virtual? So you see now that you know we can actually play games with people from around the world for a very low cost, right? Very cost-effective, different kind of way. What do you think is going to happen uh, with virtual meetings in the future? I think a lot more like activities and events and things as people uh, get more like acquainted with virtual might move there and you might get like at least opportunities to have hybrid events. I'm very curious to see how that goes. I think there's a, a big uh, potential in that as well. Yeah, I think hybrid is, uh, well, you know, it's really interesting. One of my very good friends just gave me one very counterpoint which is says like he went through and for himself and he said, what's the case for a hybrid? And he went back through it and he says, there almost isn't a case. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's really, that's really thought provoking because he just said either it should be all virtual or all, all, or all in person. So I'll be curious to see if hybrid lives or dies. Uh, I'm actually producing a hybrid event coming up. Uh, very important topic. It's about the um, uh, unity. It's called Unity and Voices and it's about how uh, uh, blacks and Asians here in America, right, wor sometimes work together and sometimes don't work together. Uh, and so I, I'm going to find that program very interesting. Some of our top Asian and black leaders here in Seattle are going to do that. And it's going to be hybrid, meaning that it's going to um, be live with about 40, 50 people and then have a virtual audience of about uh, 200 or so. So I hope you turn into that program. Watch my uh, channel, facebook.com slash CEO John Shen uh, for that. So Nada, thanks so much for that. that. If people want to find you, how would they find you, Nada? Uh, you can find me on Instagram or Airbnb. And Instagram is Swedefine, S-W-E-D-E, or Swedefine, uh, S-W-E-D-E-F-I-N-E, -E -E, which I think is the name of your game. And yeah. uh, Airbnb, she's 203-9684, but I think if you find uh, Swedefine, you'll find it there. So, perfect. Hey, Nada, thank you so much for joining me all the way from Sweden. Uh, if there's one thing that you want people to remember, what's the last thing you'd like to say? Uh, connect with your friends all over the world and family. I think uh, I think one thing I've learned in the pandemic is that you can get a lot closer to people you've left in other countries. Excellent. And of course, with the, um, uh, what's the one thing? Oh, how do you say goodbye in Sweden? Hey, do. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you so much, Nada. We'll see you next time. This is John Chen, the author of the Amazon number one hot new release, Engaging Virtual Meetings. I personally want to say thank you for listening to the Engaging Virtual Meetings podcast. It is my passion to help you eliminate bad virtual meetings. Make sure that you click subscribe so that you can get the latest episode of the Engaging Virtual Meetings podcast with all of the latest ideas. Hey, I want to meet you. If you want to talk about a virtual meeting challenge, or if you want to be the next guest on the Engaging Virtual Meetings podcast, just go to engagingvirtualmeetings.com slash meet. That's E-N-G-A-G-I-N-G-V-I-R-T-U-A-L-M-E-E-T-I-N-G-S dot com slash meet, M-E-E-T, and find your best time to meet up. Thank you, and I look forward to engaging with you online.